record and then I'll explain why in a bit. Okay. So I'm, we're, we're recording now for legal purposes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, on every every show of mine, what'll happen is before your show starts, when you go and listen to your episode on my show, you're going to hear one of these that we're doing now, but it'll be somebody else. And what's going to happen is, is I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And the me telling you is going to be on somebody else's show for you too. So I call these little like promos, right? So, yeah. right. So it's just you and me talking about how we do this and then we do it. And then I put the outtake slash promo on somebody else's show. So when you hear your show, you're going to hear one of these with somebody else and me talking and then an intro and then you and me talking. Does that make sense? Sounds, yeah. <laughs> okay. It. Yeah. God. I need a second actually to be with you on that, but now I'm with you. <laughs> no, I get it. No, because it doesn't make sense, but it. It, it's still yeah. cool. <laughs> you understand it. It doesn't make sense. Okay. So um, let's see. All right. So what we're going to have you say is, hi. Hi, this is Thane Marcus Ringler from ThaneMarcus.com. And you are listening to Jeff Smith on Vroom Vroom Veer. Listen up. Something Got like it. that. Right? Yeah. It's like a rock and roll promo and you're not Alice Cooper. You're you. But you're doing a promo for the radio station and you. Love it. Got it? Got it. Whenever you're ready, hit it. Hey there, this is Thane Marcus Ringler of ThaneMarcus.com, and you are listening to Jeff Smith with Vroom Vroom Veer. Well done, sir. One of my favorites. <laughs> and you got it right away. See, I, yes. I have to explain this because people email me on the day their show goes live and said, you have to edit my show. There's this stupid shit where you're talking to somebody else. <laughs> and they don't. And because I haven't explained that's it. So it's my fault. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's tough. That's yeah. tough. Well, but, you, yeah. know, you know, once I explain it and, and they understand I'm not going to change it, then they get over it. But yes. I'm trying to do a better job of, you know, getting the understanding. So job well done. Thank no, information's you. empowering. We, <laughs> without information, it leads to chaos. Right. right. So. There's no conflict. There's only misunderstanding. Love it. Okay. I'm going to hit stop and then we'll start the show. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Gardner, thank you so much for coming back to Vroom Vroom Beer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks, Jeff. I'm so happy to be here and excited to talk about wonderful information today. <laughs> yeah. Yay. The most exciting topic ever, taxes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's important, right? It is, especially with all the new changes in the new tax law. Right. You know, and we were talking about like, uh, well, before we get too deep, I know uh, we've chatted before, so we're kind of friendly and chatty. So um, let's do some shameless self-promotion for you. Uh, you are at taxcoachforyou.com. So talk a little bit about your coach business and uh, what the difference is between a CPA and a tax coach, because I know you like saying that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> 
Well, the biggest difference in most tax professionals versus somebody like myself is that they are generally really good or pretty good at recording your history. Right. You give them, you bring in your little box or your paper or your whatever, and they get it on the right form. They get the number, right numbers in the right boxes. They'll even file it on time for you, generally. Right. And <laughs> usually. People, yeah, usually. I hear some pretty horror stories of people <laughs> as I talk to that call in across the U.S. It's like, oh my gosh, okay. But for the most part, you know, they, that you pretty much have retained them to just fill in your tax return, get it filed on time for you. They're done. Move on to the next person, especially during tax season. Right. It and they get real kind busy, of an too. Assembly line. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're pushing those returns through your office just as fast as you can. There's little or no time to think. It's right. just go. Grab the yeah. next return and go. So coaching is completely different in that outside of tax season, we are meeting with people nationwide where we're able to take a look at their last two years income tax returns. Right. And help them see mistakes or missed opportunities that cause them to overpay their taxes. And it's because they don't know what they don't know. And right. take somebody like myself who gets excited over the tax law. Right. <laughs> I know I'm a nerd, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, we need law. you. Gosh, we need you. <laughs> I know. And then to be able to come up with a plan and here's how, here's two or three or four or five or 10 ways that we can Plan your way to a lower tax liability. Right, and Jeff, right. um, since we've talked last time, my numbers now, I am up to $1.872 million in tax savings from my clients. Wow, that is an impressive number. Yes, we're going to hit $2 million here real soon. I'm working on a bunch of plans right now, which I'm sure will push me over the $2 million point. Yeah. And, and I think the key there is you have to talk about, you have to have those conversations before you even start business in current year. Because Correct. if you're not, then it's too late. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you always, it, that's one of the things that always bothers me about getting to the end of your tax return. And TurboTax will tell me all these things I could have done. <laughs> you know. Well, I'm hoping business owners out there are doing something more than, than relying on TurboTax. One would hope. One would hope. Yes. 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 I'm not, I, I don't technically consider myself a business owner. This is more of like a hobby for me. So TurboTax is great for me. You know, if I ever actually started making money from podcasting, I would probably get somebody like you. Yeah, that would be a good idea. To do idea. my taxes. <laughs> you bet, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to do your taxes and to plan with you. Right, and yeah, so that right, right exactly. Can, yeah, so you don't just get... You don't just get handed your tax return and, oh, by the way, Mr. Smith, you owe $32,000. It's like, what? <laughs> what happened? You know, and they're just blown away. Yeah. Well, how about if we sat down during the year yes. and we said, if we do nothing, I'm estimating you're going to owe about $32,000. But with some little bit of planning and a little bit of um, implementing some strategies, we could cut that tax bill back to maybe 15 or 20. Right. Or maybe 10, you know, depending right. on what, what's going on in their business. Yeah, you know. And that's know. when the smile hits their face and we go, <laughs> wow. And I'm like, score. <laughs> right. Yes, I get it. Okay. So, um, like we were saying in before we started the show, um, I think overall the good news with the new tax law is pretty good. But... It's not all good news. So let's let's tease out that we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly because we both like old westerns, and that's an awesome movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I just, you know, I love all those old Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns. They're awesome. <laughs> Whenever I see like Outlaw Josie Wales or The Good, The Bad, The Ugly or... Uh, I think my, my, my favorite is High Plains Drifter because it's got this mysterious spiritual, what is he? Is he a ghost? Is, is he returned from the dead? <laughs> and he's got like superhero type powers. And anyway, so yeah. So let's, t- let's start with something good about um, the new tax law. So I will use my superhero powers and give you something good. How's that? Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, probably the, the, one of the best things about the new tax law is it has lowered the tax rates. Okay. So it's been a long time since we've had tax rates go down. Okay. And that change right there will help everybody because those of us who were in the higher brackets are going to move down a couple percentage points. So right. okay. the 15% yeah, that... bracket moved down to 12%. The 25% bracket moved down to 22%. So that makes a big difference to your average business owner. And they will feel a little bit of relief on their tax return. Now, that's not significant, but it is something. And overall, that's that's one of my good things. It's it's a, like a, it's a, and it affects everybody, not just everybody. business owners, not just, right? Yeah. It's it's everybody, yeah. right? Yeah, everybody. And so that was really cool that they actually did something that affected everybody. No, I like that. Yeah, and it's yeah. it makes sense because it's like I've got a friend who's got a really good job and he's like he was like teetering on the edge of being in the highest tax bracket and you know his employer keeps wanting to give him more money and he and he's like no (laughs) (laughs) please don't (laughs) you're gonna kill my tax bill right so it's like at least this will help him a little bit you know maybe he'll get like a a a couple percentage points raise you know and still be under that that threshold right yeah so that was pretty exciting. That is pretty good and, news. I like that. That's yeah. good news. Yeah. Another good thing in the new tax law is sometimes a business owner would have a really good year in business and all of a sudden on their tax return would be a new tax called alternative minimum tax. Yeah. And they'd be like, what's this all about? Where'd that come from? Right. Well, that was originally a tax who was supposed to be on the wealthy back in the, I think it was the 60s when they implemented that tax. And they didn't really index it for inflation over the years. So what was wealth back then is more almost average now. Right. Okay. And so that tax would catch my clients and and me unawares. It's like, they've never had this before. How come it landed on their tax return? I have to look and figure out why. Right. Wow. Well, they raised the threshold on alternative minimum tax. So they say they have fixed that problem. And so the, the you know, successful business owners more than likely are not going to get caught in that. We call the Altman trap. Right. Um, because gotcha. now the, the income levels are considerably higher. So now it will go back to being more of a tax on the wealthy to make sure that they can't plan their way to too low of a tax liability, that they still have to pay some tax. So you said they say that they fixed it. Did they set it up to be connected to some sort of uh, index? They did. They did. Okay. See. Yeah. Aha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so as long as Congress doesn't screw with it again, or whoever it is screwing around with it doesn't screw with it again, it should stay fixed. It, in theory, it should. <laughs> Thank you. But it's so, you know. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, exactly. You can count on them to do things. You know, well, as, as they, they do. <laughs> 
We say they're worse than a woman about changing their mind. Of course. (laughs) It's like in the the wind, you know, you know, it's not like they're the same people all the time. So it's like, no, 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 no. So it makes it perfectly okay from their side. Exactly. Yeah. So that was a really another big win because I would get that on several of my clients every year, totally out of the blue. And we had not planned on that happening. But they would have just enough of one something or other that would trigger that. Now, were you able to like successfully back out of it a lot of times? Like, yeah, sometimes, but not always. Right. Because sometimes because the damage is done, so it's like you just have to. Then it becomes like a numbers game. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it would be triggered by something else on their tax return, not just their income. Oh, right. And it's like, oh, yeah, and. Yeah, it was just, it was always a hard tax to plan around. I get it. Because yeah. it's so complicated to calculate it that it's hard to, you're really factored into, you know, when I'm doing a projection for somebody in the, usually in the fall. Sure, sure, sure. That one has supposedly been fixed. So, well, that makes I guess, I, I guess we can count on it being fixed at least this year. Right, or, for the next few years. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Because this current tax law goes through 2025. Okay, good. And then we'll see what happens. Then we'll the see what happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for the next few years. So, so that's another that's good. win. Uh-huh. Another win um, is going to be that we doubled the standard deduction amounts. Right. Some people are mad about this, but I don't. I, I think they missed the point. But go well, on. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be really good for certain people. Okay. Um, it's. It's kind of almost mixed bag, right? Yeah. It is, yeah. It's going to cause a few people, uh, well, quite a few people to not itemize any longer. Right. Because the married couple will now be at 24,000, single person at 12,000. Right. So, unless you've got like a California mortgage or something, you're probably not going (laughs) to, you're not going to get above that. Right, right. Yeah. 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 They're estimating only about 10 to 15% of people will now itemize. Okay. So, um, you know, that, that was a win, but hidden in that win is they took away our personal uh, deductions, our right, personal exemptions. Right, right, right. And so in theory, doubling that standard deduction was supposed to make up for that. We'll see how that really happens this tax season. Right, right. It just, it means like you can't go and, you know, like get a bunch of deductions and just rack up a bunch of deductions on your business, right? Well, not on your business. It's your personal. It's oh, you, okay. your spouse, your kids. Gotcha. Um, your, I was always, it would be funny. I would get these um, people that say, can I take my girlfriend and her five kids and all this stuff. Right. Trying to manage no, they have to be part business. of the, the business. Or right. Yeah. Right. Right, right. And so now that's a mute issue. There's no more dependence because we have the double standard deduction. So that's kind of wow. give it a take. But another score for us, or for those people who have children under 17 years old, is they doubled the child tax credit from 1000 to 2000 Okay. So that will help those families with children, with younger children. Gotcha. So they're going to lose them as a dependent, but they're going to pick up the child tax credit. And a credit is way more valuable than a deduction any day of the week. Really? Because a deduction is pennies on the is is a percentage of a dollar so if you're at the 25 percent tax bracket a deduction gives you 25 cents for every dollar that you have as a deduction right a credit is a dollar for dollar you owe a thousand dollars in tax you have a thousand dollar credit boom your tax is gone 
Wow. A thousand dollar deduction gives you a two hundred or yeah, gives you a two hundred and fifty dollar change in your tax. Interesting. So wow. Credits I'll take credits all credits day. Credits are always better. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. So I learned something already. Yeah. So families with, with this with the you know sixteen and underage children will be happy over that one. Gotcha. So talk a little bit about what they did away with dependence because that sounds like a big deal. Right. So, that's what we were. Yeah. That was just taking right here. We were just talking about losing your dependents, your exemptions. Right. 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 Yeah. And then replacing it with that double child tax credit. Okay. Now we also have a new family credit because some of us are um, supporting, it might be older parents who yeah. have come back and you're helping to support oh, okay. them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, I get it. Or maybe a, an adult child who no longer qualifies as a dependent because of their age, uh-huh. we can pick them up as a family member and we have a new $500 non-deductible family credit. So if you have enough tax, we can absorb it. If we don't have enough tax, it doesn't turn into a refund. Okay. So, so that's, that's for like helps. folks taking care of like elder parents or other folks that need support, but <laughs> they're not necessarily kids. Right. They're not 18 and under or college age students. Gotcha. You know, they're, they're in a different section of and life. That, and that's brand new. That is totally brand new. We've never had that before. That's kind of neat. You know, yeah. I, th- I think there's a lot of folks in that category, too, that are taking care of elder parents, at least. Mm-hmm. So, I have lots of clients doing that. Right. Uh, right. So that's because I like that. Yeah, because it seems to be that at least in my area where I live, is we're shifting back a little bit to taking care of mom and dad instead of farming them out to a home of some sort. Yeah, good. <laughs> so I don't I know like how that. that goes across the country, but I see right. quite a bit of in my clients. Yeah, yeah. That that's... They'll bring them back into their home right. and take care of them. No, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. And, you know, the the uh, my parents just moved into, they. so where I grew up, like when you get to 80 or very close to 80, it's almost like you're either going to, you got like three choices. You're going to spend a lot more time in Florida instead of Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to go into some sort of assisted living thing, right? Um, or if you're still mobile and can get around and take care of things, you're going to sell your big house and get a mobile home. Okay. Okay. So my parents did the sell the big house and moved into a mobile home. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and they really dig it. They got you know they're now they're instead of having a basement and an attic, um, there's no more stairs. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's about the same amount of space on the on the one level, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know they oh the the other thing that my mom really likes is she's got a walk in shower, (laughs) so she doesn't have to like. Lift her right. leg over, right, right. I'm She's in having, the tub, yeah. Yes, yeah. It's yes. really hard for her, you know, at I think 79 to, yeah. to to get over that tub ledge. So, yeah. I. Those are important things when you're at are. that stage in life that you're we right. don't even think about. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah. you, it's it's what we take for granted when we're, yeah. you know, young. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so I know, like, a lot of folks are definitely opting to take care of mom and dad or maybe, like, uh, yeah, just, I don't know, housing them at home. Or I know a lot of people are doing these uh, tiny houses in the backyard. That might be another thing that starts mm-hmm. trending. Yeah, 
So that would be neat because, right. you know, and then later on, you then you have the tiny house and maybe you can Airbnb it. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there was this other thing. Um, this this charitable contribution credit has changed a little bit. Yes, right? a little that, bit. Yes. Okay. And it, it's so another good thing. That's good. Okay. Right. So under the old tax law, if you were somebody who was charitably minded, you were limited to 50% of your income that you could take as a charitable deduction um, on your Schedule A form. They've raised that to 60%. And if you don't aren't able to use it, you can carry it forward. So that is a nice little, it's not a whole lot, but it helps a little bit for okay. a couple of my clients who are, are really big givers. Okay. So it's yeah. just up the the deductible total kind of idea? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. So they'll be happy over that because I always I'm always carrying a little bit forward to the next year for them. And potentially this year we'll be able to take it all. Oh so nice. That Very should nice. make them happy. Yeah. <laughs> always looking for little ways that you know Right, right. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and and you need to be able to like chalk up more wins than the bads, right? So I get it. Right. 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 Yeah. So it makes sense that most of these are good news, I think. So at, at so least we're, we're looking at them that way, you know. Yes, the only bad one I've given you is the loss of our of our dependents or our exemptions. Right. That's the only bad one I've given you so far. I gotcha. I gotcha. So, so I, I have a sole proprietorship, right? So mm -hmm. I don't really use it. <laughs> but I think everybody has one whether they know it or not. But anyway, the, so that makes a sole proprietorship is almost always what they call pass through, right? Right. And that treatment has changed a little bit. So let's talk about that. Right. I'm going to back up and give you just a little bit of a background on that. Okay. When Congress was working on this, they were trying to come up with a way to help us be able to trade a little bit better in the worldwide economy. And okay. our current corporate rate of 35% was the highest in the world. You mean? And so it was okay. causing us to have to really lose companies and jobs and stuff to um, other countries overseas uh, right okay. right they would just ship it over there they could you know they could do it over there and things like that and so they decided they needed to fix that problem it was, it was a large a big problem that's has been there for many 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 years right and so one of the ways they did it was they lowered that that corporate that c corporation rate from 35 percent down to 21 percent Whoa, that's a, that's so, a big jump. That's a big, big jump, right? right. So somebody who's operating as a C-Corp who used to be maxing out at 35% will now max out at, at just 21%. Okay. So that was a big score for them. Right. But probably about 80% of the businesses across the U.S. are not those big C-Corps. They're you, they're me, they're, you know, your, your neighbor that we're all, you know, doing small businesses and we're employing, you know, sometimes no employees, sometimes two or three or five, you know, but that is the heart of America. Okay. All, it's basically the, the C Corp that is the small business, the mom and pop. Well, the C Corps, we do have some smaller ones, but the, the, but this was real. The 21% the rule was really set up for the bigger ones. Oh, okay. Because they were the ones that would max out at 35 all the time. Okay, gotcha. But then there's all the rest of us. And they said, if we do something for them, we have to do something for the rest of those businesses or they're all going to become C-Corps. And we'll have nothing right. but just C-Corps ah, I get you. 
I get and you. so they knew that that would accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. So to offset the new 21% tax rate, they came up with a new qualified business income deduction that applies to all the other businesses, your sole proprietor, your partnership, your S corporation, any of those entity types or an LLC who's acting like any one of those entity types. Okay. So they're all considered pass-through businesses. Right. And because that income passes through from the business and it lands smack dab on your 1040 right on page one. <laughs> right, right. And so now with this new qualified business income deduction, it will lower your tax from your business income and give you a, a, a deduction on your tax return. Now, try not to get too technical on this. Right. So. To really oversimplify it, you're okay. going to take your, your net profit of your business and you're going to multiply it times 20%, and that's going to give you this new deduction that's going to land on page, well, it's not page two anymore, because the tax return went from two pages to six pages. It's going to land on your new tax return. <laughs> on um, one of those pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see so, which one when we file one, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, they've got, it. They've got some... Um, Preliminary drafts out there that got a lot of big pushback from the accounting community. Right. It's like you um, made the returns so much more complicated by putting them on all these different pages. So anyhow, we'll, we won't go there. <laughs> but with this new deduction, in theory, it's going to lower your tax rate even more because of this new what we call QBI deduction. Now, it does have some phase in, phase out limits and things like that. But most small businesses will qualify for it. Okay. But. We have a certain group of businesses that are going to be affected differently with it, and that's your personal service businesses. That's the consultants, the attorneys, the accountants, the engineers, the um, medical professionals, possibly some actors. It's the kind of business that it really depends on your skill, your expertise, your knowledge, that kind of a business. Like nobody else can do it but you. Kind of, sort of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you Which can't, you can't like delegate that. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that kind of a business has some other um, requirements on them. Okay. So, and, I, and I'm not going to go into all that because it gets super, super technical really fast. Right. Right. Yeah. But okay. So you know, that's it's kind of, again, that, uh, that one probably lands in the mixed bag. It's, yeah. it's, it's good it's for a really lot of folks. Good. It's, for it's, most people. Right. It's, it's not so not great so <laughs> for some folks. Right. Okay. Yeah. See, so yeah. we, sh we should come up with a, a mixed bag category. The good, the bad, the mixed bag, <laughs> and, the and the ugly. <laughs> That's so right. Some of my, yeah, some of my medical professionals are not too happy with it. I can see that. Like lawyers. Right. All the professional types are, yeah. are kind of cringing on that one. Right. Uh, yeah. So they'll be lobbying Congress and they'll be wanting right. that changed soon. <laughs> we'll see what happens if it changes or not <laughs> right right we'll see All if right. they can get their way right so one of my favorite things was always like uh getting some sort of deduction for meals and or entertainment so and this has changed quite a bit right yes it has is this yes. this might be bad or ugly i'm not sure <laughs> it's gonna be at least bad okay possibly ugly. Yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> so meals and entertainment in the past, that was one category. Now it's two categories. Business wow, okay. meals, as of a couple weeks ago, are still deductible. Up until about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, we didn't know. 
well, the wording of the flux. new tax law. Still in flux. Yeah, the, the wording of the new tax law led, said that it was not going to be deductible, but the IRS came out with some clarifications about two, maybe three weeks ago now and says, oops, yeah, we really didn't intend for that to happen. Business meals will still be 50% deductible. But here's where it gets ugly. Entertainment. I, I know there's tons of, of business owners across the U.S. who use entertainment for their clients or their customers. Right. It's the ball games, other sporting events. Those box tickets. Um, yes. Golfing, uh, fishing trips. Um, right. Island those, retreats. <laughs> yes. Any of those kinds of things that are on the entertainment spectrum, even though you might talk a little bit of business while you're out there, they're still entertainment. Those items are no longer deductible. Okay. Wow. And I've got a couple clients who are not happy about that. No, I can imagine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have one client who likes to take his favorite top couple customers to Alaska for a fishing trip. All expenses paid. He takes them up there and he gets a ton of business from doing this. Of course. And when I had to tell him that's not going to be deductible this year, he went, you've got to be kidding. We're already booked. Wow. The tickets are bought. We're going. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Went, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, huh. Oh. I mean, I suppose you're still going to, you get business benefit out of it. You just don't get your tax benefit. Right. You're not going to get the deduction. Right. So if they pay for it out of their business, it's going to become one of those non-deductible items. Right. uh, Like penalties on a, on a, that a business might pay or something is a a non-deductible item. Right. But this, this could be, you know, potentially a big ticket non-deductible item. Yeah, that that one seems to me like eventually that'll get changed. <laughs> we'll see what kind of pushback they get. I, I think they will. Yeah. They're they're going to get a lot of pushback on that one. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how strong the lobby is. Yeah, because you know that it's it just seems like it's embedded into our business culture. That uh-huh. whole banks whining and dining, and everybody's whining and dining. You know, it's right. It, it's part. You know, there's a lot not fun about doing business. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, right? yeah. So, I mean, to take away something that's, you know, fun, you know, I don't know, you know, what one of my clients asked me, he says, if I take them and do whatever it was he wanted to do, and we just promise not to have fun, will that work? Good <laughs> 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 <I> try. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love that. So yeah. That's I, one that can go to the ugly category. That was probably quick. ugly. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what I, I know, like, this is something our president does. Um, he hires his kids. So <laughs> yeah. that one's a win. Yeah. Okay, great. So that's a good. So how yeah, does, how does this my, even work? It's one of my favorite tax planning strategies when we can make it work is when you hire your kids to work in your business because you're taking money that would be taxed at your higher tax rate and you're pushing it down to somebody who's at a a, sometimes a zero percent tax rate and so with the doubling of the standard deduction we can now hire our kids and put have the potential to push about twelve thousand dollars down to them and they wouldn't even have to file a tax return because they'd be under standard deduction right where it used to be six thousand that we use and so Think about somebody who's got um, a college age student as a, you know, and they could somehow help in their business, if nothing else, during the summer hours. Right. When they're home from school and stuff like that, they could work full time in the business during the summer. Yeah. And you were able to pay them through your business, push that money onto their tax return where they're not going to owe anything. 
Right. And now they've got the money to use towards room and board or whatever they need at school. Yeah. And you've wow. just moved it from maybe your, you might be up in the 36% bracket or something. You just moved that down to zero. That's awesome. What a great tax plan. I'm, I'm making a new right. category. That's better than good. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that one I think was a really good score yeah. for my clients doing that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and might yeah. encourage people to have more kids. how about that there you go and putting them to work i love it putting them to work teaching them what is it like to be self-employed teaching them the value of a dollar teaching them a work ethic our kids desperately need a work ethic teaching them you know follow along behind me as an entrepreneur we work our tails off yes teach them so that this next generation of young people knows how to work and they know how to do a good job Right. And how to keep customers happy and how to fulfill orders on time and all that kind of stuff. Teach them how to do that right. by putting them to work in business. The, the, and the good old the good old fashioned work ethic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Where did that go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think we already talked about the standard deduction, right? We did. Uh-huh. Okay. So that one's covered. Tick. All right. So for families with younger children. We doubled the child tax credit. Did we talk about that yeah, one already? We okay, about we, that one. we knocked yeah, that one out. Okay, we've already hit the the difference between a tax credit and a tax deduction, and yep. I remember credit. tax credits better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, and then we have a new family tax credit. Mm-hmm. Aha! We already hit that one. Yeah, okay, the wonderful score in business world under depreciation. Appreciation, another big score. Okay. So, so far I'm doing really good. I got about eight or nine to one or two of right. my good bads and uglies. Right. <laughs> Pretty good. Okay. So depreciation, the little background information on that. Um, IRS has these tables that say whatever item you buy is either depreciated off over three, five, seven is the or pretty much the average years. There are some things that are over 15 years. And then, of course, real estate is either 27 and a half or 39 years. Okay. Arbitrary numbers. I don't Why is it 27 and a half? I have no idea. It just, <laughs> because that's what the law there. says. Right. <laughs> right? Yes. So when you buy a piece of equipment, we go to the tables and say, OK, this is five year equipment. This is seven year equipment. This is three year equipment. Well, that equipment gets written off over the life of that asset. And under the new tax law, we have a, what they're calling 100% expensing, which means we can write it off in the first year. Now, before you start going, well, what about Section 179? I, I wasn't going to say that. but <laughs> okay. so In the past, we had Section 179 that we could use to write something off in, in one year if needed. Oh, so that was kind of our always plan B. It was sitting out there. We used it. I used it all the time for people. Okay. But 179 has some strings to it that you ought to be careful that you're going to keep that asset and not sell it too soon because the recapture is kind of painful on it. Okay. But back to the new tax law. So under the new tax law, we can we can expense in the first year um, most items. It's a pretty high threshold. Not here. I'm not going to get technical on you. Right. But for the most part, we can expense in the first year the items that we buy because I don't think any of the small businesses I work with are not going to exceed that threshold. But there's a caveat in there. The caveat says if you buy, say, five different pieces of equipment and two of them are five-year equipment and three of them are seven-year equipment, and you want to expense off two of the seven-year equipment items, 
you have to choose all or none. You can't take two out of three. Okay. Where before we could, in other years when we had some what we call bonus depreciation, we could choose it on an asset by asset. Now we choose it on a class by class. So oh, that's going to make for okay. some interesting conversations. But we still have 179 sitting out there that if, if I really only wanted to expense off two out of those three items right. in the seven-year class, I would, I would elect not to expense any of them and pull 179 out of my pocket and go ahead and use that for the two we wanted to do. Ah, okay. But it's going to be some, some um, conversations and not just jumping in and doing some of the stuff we've done over the years. Yeah, and I think you're probably going to have to like run the numbers more than once to figure yes. out. <laughs> right. Okay, right. let's let's, let's right. do this and then see what the bill is. Let's do this and see what the bill is. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And then we're going to factor in some of the technical part of QBI, which has to do with what your assets are. So then we got to look at, okay, is what's it going to do to our QBI deduction, which is why I didn't want to get too technical on QBI. <laughs> no, I get it. But yeah, so, I mean, I do that on when I, I know you're not a fan of TurboTax, but I do that quite a bit. If it, there's like one of those things where it's like, you could do this two ways, Jeff, you know, and we recommend this. I always, always, always just like do them both and see what the green number says, you know. So <laughs> I don't know. This if you, th is the year that, <laughs> that business owners are going to want to have these really uh, strong conversations with their accountants. Right. Or their tax preparers. Their tax coach. Right, their tax code. Yes. It's going to make for a very interesting first tax season under this new tax law. Right. And trying to figure out what's going to be our best move because we have like two or three different choices now and we have to make sure that we maximize what's going to be in the client's best interest. Yeah, and it's and not going to well, be easy. You're going to be up right. late. You're, I, I don't envy you in April. Uh, <laughs> March is a killer month. That's always a tough month anyhow. Because yeah. all your business returns are due in March. Okay. And you're trying to make these decisions that are going to affect a personal return that you haven't done yet. All right. And you may not even have their personal data in that yet. And you're trying to make decisions on a business return. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. And, and people are, businesses are still doing, having to do those, those quarterly too, right? Those, those quarterly payments. Estimated tax payments. Yes. And you make them on your personal return. Oh, really? Based on okay. your business income that has flown through to your personal return. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. So it's a lot of work. There's a lot to think about this year. Yeah. Um, the last overhaul of the tax system was back in 1986, and I had just graduated from college. And so I didn't know any better. I came right into the new tax law and didn't have to worry about learning the old stuff. Right. Now I'm an oldie moldy, and <laughs> I'm trying to. You got to keep the old law in your head because we're still doing returns for people who haven't filed over previous years and the wow. new law in your head. Wow. And a lot, unfortunately, a lot of tax preparers are just now taking continuing education classes, trying to figure out this new tax law. Catching up. They're trying to play catch up where some of us were, to, were on it last January, trying to yeah, figure out how this be, new yeah. law is going to be. Yes. Right. You want, and the thing is, is I think especially. Congress and the IRS always play the game of, well, let's see how this plays out. <laughs> right. Just like you were saying, I mean, like a lot of these things that you're saying, they may end up changing yet. They might, right. Yeah, before, and, before we all file. And with a new tax law, there's no case study. There's right. no court cases. There's right. no nothing to rely on. Like before, you could go to a court case and you could say, okay, we know they don't allow this. 
But right. they do allow this. We don't have that to stand on this first couple of years. Right, right. So wow. we're all yeah. going to do our best guess of what this, how to interpret this new law. And over the next couple of years, it'll become more solidified. I already, uh, do you feel like the the IRS is sort of like stressed out right now about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're already having saying, a, right. Yeah, they're already saying tax season will start late. I got that um, email last week. Wow. Yeah. Because really? they're still trying to write software to accept right. all these tax returns. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. our software providers are just in probably panic mode trying to get all the new software written. Yeah. yeah it's going to be a rough tax season. Yikes. So uh, I think I'm going to file later rather than sooner. Um, I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine the bugs that are going to be in all the softwares that first few weeks. I'm usually somebody that wants to file as soon as possible, you know just because why not? You know, I usually right. get money. So it's like, I want that money sooner rather than later. But I think I'm going to be a little procrastinating. I might wait until April something. Or at least into March, you know, give them a chance to get through that first few weeks, yeah. get all some of the bugs out of it. Right. Uh, yeah. I anticipate those first few weeks being pretty rocky. Yeah. Getting everything going and making sure that, that the forms are acting the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, they took, our you know front and back of a 1040 return and it's now six pages because they That's were trying nuts. to get to a postcard and okay. so your postcard is basically it's got your name and your address and your social security numbers and stuff like that on it and then here's a, your total income and here's the total taxes on the postcard piece of it and then all the other schedules was what was page one at you know the front and back of the 1040 return okay wow and so now we have six pages for most everybody, except for maybe somebody who only has a couple W-2s. We got six pages plus all the schedules that we've always had. So that's going to throw people. Yeah. And the, yeah. And the thing is, is like, okay, the, the goal was to get to a postcard. <laughs> and then somehow, as the governments do, it goes from postcard to six pages. Isn't that awesome? Yes. 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 <laughs> so from my perspective as a tax preparer, it went from two to six pages. Thank you. <laughs> yay. Yay. Uh, you know, I noticed something um, last year. Well, let's see here. Yeah. In 2017, I moved from California to Nevada. And that this was the first time that I moved. And then the IRS didn't believe who didn't believe I was me. Is that okay. was that was that something new or was that well, just because I moved? <laughs> because you move, okay. they have this form that you're supposed to send them a change of address when you move. Oh, really? Like okay. when you move, you're going to think about sending them something. <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. Okay. But they have such a high level of identity theft that oh, it, right. that was probably a good thing that they didn't believe that it was you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it wasn't anything I did other than move. Right. That you moved and then you just kind of reprove yourself that, yeah, it's still me. Yeah. It was a fun phone call. It was just weird. I thought I was going to get audited <laughs> or something. Oh, I got a letter from the IRS. No. <laughs> okay. But at least it wasn't an unprompted or unsolicited phone call that you got that mm. was really scary and we're going to send the, you know, the local police department to your house or something like that because we know those are all scams. Yeah, my wife is you getting get that kind of that robocall like all the time. Yeah. And the the thing is is they're hilarious. They are. They are so funny. And you just, I 
can sit there and laugh at it. My clients freak out over it, but I just laugh. It's like, I finally they're, got one. They're so <laughs> bad. They're they just are. so bad. It's like, so, it's like a machine yeah. talking and saying things that like the IRS would never say. Right. Like, right. like if you don't call us now, you, we will, we will call the local cops and have you arrested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Just go for it. <laughs> uh, anyway, but this has been a blast. So, um, yeah. how can folks get in touch with Diane Gardner? Um, what's the best way? Well, the best way, Jeff, is for them to go to www.taxcoach, the number four, you.com taxcoachforyou.com. Gotcha. Slash vroom vroom veer. Hey, I love it. That's me. <laughs> yes. And when they do that, we have this wonderful report called Congress Cut Taxes, 16 Ways You Can Take Advantage of the New Tax Law and Save Money. Uh, whoa. I love it. That's cool. That's kind of like what we were talking about this whole show. It is. Yeah. So it's that's a, like nice uh, apropos. Of, yeah. What we've been talking about. I love it. That's cool. I'm going to check that out. And I always like seeing uh, my little thingy in somebody else's URL. That's awesome. So keep yeah, doing that. <laughs> that's fun. We do that. And for those who would like a little more information, we still continue to offer our free tax analysis. So if you're interested in finding out if you've overpaying your taxes or how much you're overpaying your taxes, reach out to me. We're happy to do that. Thank you, Diane. This has been great. Come back anytime. Don't wait for the, the tax laws to change. We can chat about other stuff, too. We you talk about not. like Western uh, movies. We could. We talk yeah. about Moab. We can get into some John Wayne movies. <laughs> oh, I love John Wayne. The, the Searchers. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Diane. This has, been, this has been a blast. Have a great day. Great day. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.